welcome to the Hyper Voice. I'm your host, Stephen Moyoka, and today I'm joined by Alexander Hill. Alola. Alola, and Happy New Year to you! We're finally in 2017! Happy New Year, Stephen. We're still going. Surprisingly, I gotta add. Yeah, but it's been a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to talking more about uh, VGC 2017. It's been really exciting so far. Yeah, we're about a month and a half underway into the season, and lots of exciting things have happened. I'm sure lots more to come, and we just had a big regional come, uh, we just had a big regional happen a few this past weekend, and, you know, pretty, pretty nice turnout, pretty cool results to see, uh, lots of interesting things and unique things in the top cut teams there, but, uh, first off, I wanted to ask you, how are you liking the format so far? Uh, I really do love it. Uh, I've been playing quite a bit of it. Uh, I played at a Premier Challenge. Uh, I think that's my only... I've played at two Premier Challenges so far, and I've really enjoyed both the uh, events that I've gone to. Even like doing poorly in the format, I feel like it's still just a lot of fun, uh, because uh, when you're doing really bad, like in last year's format, it was just... It felt like it ended so quickly, but this uh, year the matches last longer, and it feels like I'm really like fighting to the end uh and so that's a really cool aspect of the matches this year and uh you mentioned that it's the beginning of the new year and it's kind of fun that we've already had a couple of major tournaments we've had two regionals and a international whereas uh normally we would only be a couple days into this brand new format while we might have been able to play it beforehand because we uh knew the rules typically in past years we start on january 1st and so it's really different that we've already had several big events and we've got more coming up kind of quickly. Uh, typically, we would have all of our, at least for us in the U.S., the regionals coming up in like February. And so I was thinking back to that and how different it is. There's uh, another regional, I believe, on the 14th in Georgia. And uh, that was um, that's just so different. And I think it's really cool that uh, we're going to have like big events happening all the time and so many different results to talk about. Yeah, there were a lot of factors that played into why some why we've had so many events so far. You know, first off is just the structure of the circuit, how instead of regionals coming in groups during each season, so of autumn, winter, and spring respectively, we just have them staggered throughout different weekends throughout the entire year and for the season for that matter. And really it was good from a marketing perspective for them. When Sun and Moon just came out, you know, you want to get people interested in the game, uh, specifically for VGC2, I guess, and you want to get people buying the game, playing the game, getting into competitive Pokemon, and also just marketing for the casual fan too, you know, this game's out, there's tournaments out there, you know, they introduced the cert, the championship battles format for, uh, for us to practice on and for other people to see it, you know, in-game later, like we've been preaching this whole time. So... It was a great move on their part, and you know, a great move to make the format start in December. You know, I'm glad we didn't have to wait too long, despite uh, you know people have to rush, people have needing to rush a lot in order to have their stuff ready. Yeah, I think it ended up leading to uh, a definitely overall net positive change. A lot of people wanted to get right into playing this format, and while you said there was that rush to get ready for the London International, those players kind of at least knew that ahead of time. They knew that this would be right after. Uh, the game came out a couple weeks after, so if you were serious about competition, you made sure to beat your game really quickly and get right to testing things, get right to 
figuring out what's going to be good and testing lots of things, whether it was on Showdown or Battlespot. So uh, I think, you know, normally we're not uh, told things too far in advance, but with the announcement of the format uh, in time and giving us enough time to prepare beforehand, I think it worked out really well this time. It did. It was okay. You know, could have been better, but, you know, we'll t- we'll take it, I guess. You know, you, you got to accept uh, your small wins with TPCI. Or T, yeah, TPCI. I always end up mixing that up. TCPI, TPCI. It's something that took me a while to eventually get down, and then I still don't even think I have it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot with the trading card game. You know, the shorthand is supposed to be TCG. I always hear a lot of different people say TGC for whatever reason. They might be, that might be from like the video game players uh, who are saying VGC and saying TGC. Yeah, it might be, because our uh, G is in the middle. Exactly. So, oh man, it's just so many close together acronyms. We earn CP at PCs. I love that one, too. Oh, that's just fantastic, you know. But I guess with the G in the middle of a word again, we had, we had a regional, I think we mentioned this earlier, we had a regional in Dallas this past weekend over New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, so that was cool. Uh, they was streamed as well. We had a top 16 cut around a little over 260 players. You want to talk about some of the players that got up here and maybe some of the Pokemon too that uh, stood out to you? Yeah, I, first of all, I wanted to mention I was so surprised that it was such a large regional. Uh, it was really cool that they had such a big turnout. I don't really know what led to it because uh, I know personally I would not spend uh, New Year's going uh, traveling to a Pokemon tournament, but if it was local, I would consider it, definitely. Uh, so I was surprised to see a lot of people, uh, like just such a large attendance. I think that's really awesome that they ended up getting so many players. I was worried when this event was first announced uh, to be on New Year's Day and New Year's Eve. Um, or New Year's, yeah, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And it actually worked out really well. They got a lot of players and enough for a top 16 cut, which we haven't seen in quite a while, I think. Uh, we might We might have seen that at the end of 2016. Did we see that since Worlds? Have we seen a top 16 cut? That was in San Jose two weeks before. Okay, but before that, <laughs> sorry. Not in Sun and Moon. Um, I want to say Philadelphia. Didn't they have a yeah. top 16? Maybe it did. I think you might be right. I think they were the only one, actually. Yeah, okay. So During one of that format in the it. fall. Uh, and anyway, uh, we saw a lot of names that uh, at least we are really familiar, and then a couple of names that were brand new. Um, and, uh, the person to end up taking it all was Andrew Nowak in the finals over Colin Heyer. Uh, both, when they saw that they got into finals, I was like, well, we have a repeat regional champion. Drew Nowak won Collinsville regionals earlier, uh, in 2016. I was going to say this year, but we've just flipped over. Right. Uh, but yeah, he won in the 2016 format, uh, the first regional set back then i guess that's almost a year since then but it hasn't been quite yet and he won against colin who has won at least one regional i know he's won madison in the 2015 format i believe but i don't know if colin is a multiple regional champion he is definitely he is okay yeah he he defended madison uh two years in a row 2014 Uh, and 2015 okay yeah he did um and so are those his only two wins then? I guess if you include Dallas here, he's two and two in regional finals. He uh in Kansas City this past spring, he lost to Ian McLaughlin in the finals there. 
but but still, you know, four regionals finals. That's that's incredible. That's really nice. And uh, he's also done very well at Worlds in the past. And he got second. And then we saw like Nick Navarre and Sam Schweitzer both get top four. Uh, and yeah, was, like there were some really interesting teams here. Uh, one, you know, the most popular Pokemon actually ended up being uh, Tapu Fini, tied with Porygon Two. We saw Porygon Two was the most popular Pokemon in cut for Day Two London, I believe. But Tapu Fini tying it at this event was kind of shocking. Uh, it was originally deemed as probably the least common Tapu. Uh, because a lot of people thought that with Misty Terrain not boosting one of its stab attacks, it wasn't really going to be as much of a threat. However, uh, because it's the bulkiest of the Tapu Pokemon, the Guardians, uh, it ends up actually staying around very long and able to reset the terrains to kind of disrupt the other Tapus. And so that's uh, really cool. However, amongst all the Tapu Finis, uh, nine of them in top 16, so over half of the cut had them, uh, Tapu Koko still took it all. <laughs> yes, that's true. And what I wanted to ask you about Tapu Fini is, say for the sake of argument, I'm confused about it. Uh, say I'm a, some kind of player that doesn't understand why is Tapu Fini being used so much? What's the deal with it? Is there any sort of explanation or some kind of correlation that we can lead to this, this certain rise in popularity for Tapu Fini at the moment? Well, Steven, you don't have to pretend to be confused about Tapu Fini. I know how much you've been studying this format, and I can understand your confusion. Uh, anyway, uh, we saw it do kind of well. It got second place at San Jose Regionals by Enosh, and uh, I would say that was definitely one inspiration to uh, its rise in popularity. He bubbled at 17th, by the way. Yes, oh, that's something <laughs> that's worth mentioning. Yeah, Enosh did get 17th and bubbled cut. Uh, so he probably would have, uh, I think he had Tabu Fini again, so I think he would have represented that in cut. Um, I don't remember exactly, I just know he had a Smeargle and a Tremonant and a Celesteela and a Marowak. Yeah, he had a Tabu Fini, yep, he did. Yep. And so uh, I saw uh, three, actually I think three of his teams, uh, three people used his teams in the event, I think, in, uh, or made it into top 16. Not, there was probably more in the event, but I think three versions of his team made it to finals. Let's see. Uh, Cameron used exactly it, Caleb Ryer, and Justin Burns, yes. So three people took exactly his San Jose team and made it into the finals with it, or made it into the top cut with it. And uh, we, those were probably people using the calm mindset on Tapu Fini that he kind of inspired. However, we saw... Some other people using the, I would say, Japanese-inspired or just maybe Asian-inspired in, uh, in general, Choice Specs uh, Tapu Fini. Uh, I know uh, Sejun used a team like that to do well at a recent tournament. Uh, and so Choice Specs Fini kind of helps, you know, uh, with its bulk and its ability to last so long. It helps it catch up in the damage department and just firing off muddy waters all the time. Um, I'm sure it gives a lot of people flashbacks to older formats in Gastrodon, but uh, it's really funny uh, that uh, Tapu Fini was really was the most popular Tapu at this event, and I'm wondering how it's going to go on moving forward. Right, what I also notice here is there's no Tapu Bulu in cut, and not saying that it's necessarily a bad Pokemon, but I just feel like Kartana might be taking over the grass roll. You know, it's 
doing a lot of damage and it has good typing and an excellent speed as well. And funnily enough, a lot of the Tapu Fini are partnered with Kartana to help, uh, they have good synergy together. Yeah, and uh, bringing back Tapu Bulu into the equation, Tapu Bulu does give Tapu Fini a bit of trouble, especially since most of them forego uh, an ice move to hit Tapu Bulu super effectively because Moonblast already hits dragon types super effectively and it's a stab move from Tapu Fini. So, you know, most of them don't even run Ice Beam and that way Tapu Bulu, even if it's in the Misty terrain, which it's slower than Tapu Fini, so if they ended up coming in at the same time, Tapu Bulu is usually going to set up Grassy terrain. It would give Car uh, it would give Tapu Fini a lot of trouble. However, Tapu Bulu can't really dent uh, Kartana very well without taking a lot of damage back first. Um, Superpower, I don't think, can one-shot Kartana from full. And even if it could, most Kartana have been seen using Focus Sash. And so, with its Smart Strike, it gives Tapu Bulu a lot of trouble. So, kind of, the two of them working together to cover each other's weaknesses uh, and just kind of generally hit hard uh, while also kind of being annoying and lasting a while with either the Focus Sash or Tapu Fini's bulk, uh, ends up helping them kind of pair well together. And again, you mentioned Porygon 2 earlier was tied in the highest usage of teams in Dallas, and probably not only Dallas, but I would pro likely say in San Jose and in uh, the Europe International as well for Day 2. So, not surprising, you know, it is one of the bulkiest Pokemon in the format. The bulkiest Trick Room Setter by far. Just really good uh, uh, compliments with Bolt Beam there and the ability to recover. And it also has other options if you don't want any of those four moves as well. So Porygon 2 is showing its strengths and versatility throughout various different teams and different tournaments. And you, people really need to start uh, getting answers for it. And, you know, not necessarily needing to have fighting types or fighting type moves, but having, you know... Porygon 2 is not something that you're going to one-shot typically. You're going to be designating designating resources into knocking it out and defeating it. And, you know, if there's a Pokemon that you, again, that's added to that top-tier list of Pokemon you need to prepare for, I would definitely put Porygon 2 in that list. Yeah, I would put it near the top. As you can see, it's a very, very common Pokemon. And with the normal type, it doesn't have a whole lot of weaknesses to help bring it down, and so uh, it just ends up sticking around for so long. Uh, I've seen so many times on stream where, uh, like, there's a, a person trying to set up Trick Room, and uh, the partner Pokemon would protect, and the uh, front player who's attacking into this Porygon 2 would read that, double into the Porygon to try to take it out before Trick Room goes up, and Porygon 2 lives anyway. Uh, it just sets up the Trick Room and then causes all kinds of trouble, especially since uh, once Trick Room's up, it can recover off all that damage that you've done to it. Its Trick Room partner is now doing a lot of damage, and it does a lot of damage on its own, especially if you can get a download boost uh, in your favor. And so it's a really, really, like you said, versatile Pokemon. It can do so many different things, and uh, learning what its attacks are, uh, I think, is one of the most important things uh, in dealing with Porygon. Uh, because, uh, you know, there's so much variety. Uh, you see Tri-Attack a lot from it, uh, just as its strongest uh, stab move. But you also see Toxic on it to wear down other Porygon 2, or maybe another bulky Pokemon like Gastrodon or Melodic. And then sometimes you see Shadow Ball on it to deal with the ghost types that uh, would wall its normal type stabs, or Bolt Beam, you know, Electric-type and Ice-type moves. 
uh, covering almost anything. However, uh, I thought it was just, this is just an interesting side note, but, uh, uh, in past formats, we've, uh, kind of looked at Bolt Beam as, like, really good coverage because it, uh, hits most things either neutrally or super effectively. However, there are two Pokemon that are kind of relatively common in this format who, uh, end up walling that, and I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, we've got Marowak and Magnezone, and both of them deal with Bolt Beam pretty well, so it's just kind of interesting to note. Right, and, you know, Porygon 2 still not going to be doing that much damage to Magnezone. You know, it does have Shadow Ball for Marowak. But, I guess to move on from there, before we get to that fun little bug type that I want to talk about, I just want to point out some of the um, single appearances here from some more unique Pokemon. And, so we have Giovanni Costa, you know, finally getting Clefairy and Eevee into top cut uh, in tandem together. So... We're seeing the EVMZ, right? That's what it's called, right? EVMZ? I would assume so. You know, pulling weight for his team. And I'm also seeing three birds on three different teams. We have Talonflame, Braviary, and Mandibuzz. I'm sure they all do different things. And, you know, really cool to see just the small and different picks players are making for their teams that are propelling them to success here. Yeah, and then another one... uh that's worth mentioning. I don't know if it's the bug type you're talking about because uh, there are, you know, two bug types that are probably worth mentioning. Uh, Araquanid is a Pokemon that we're seeing kind of sporadically, but I imagine it's going to keep catching on because it's a very strong Trick Room Pokemon. And uh, we saw it made it to finals and won at uh, the last regional at San Jose, and it won this regional as well. Uh, so I imagine that Araquanid is going to keep rising, and I'm surprised we didn't see more of it here. Right, and I guess we forgot to mention uh, that Drew Novak's team was one Pokemon different from Alex Gomez's in uh, the Europe International. There was a... Uh, Drew had Mudsdale over... over... Araquan? No. Over Muck. Right, thank you. We've Mudsdale... been over this, Steven. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mudsdale over Muck. And uh, so similar team composition. And, you know, really from that team, you can just see a fast mode and then a slow mode, pretty obviously. And, you know, otherwise good team synergy complements well. You know, Iraq when it's pretty strong Pokemon. It's a Pokemon that's going to stay amazing ability. Still think, I still think there's room for entrainment here. Some entrainment tricks. To go with yeah, him. I was thinking about that too. Entrainment on it seems kind of fun. You got to pair it with another water type typically to get the most out of it. But uh, as we saw at San Jose, Enosh paired his Araquanid with a Tapu Fini. And I imagine a Tapu Fini with water bubble would be very annoying to deal with. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Wow. I mean, maybe. Yeah, there's an option there. Who knows? Uh, and then, I, you know, speaking of bug types, there was probably, this might be the one you were referring to, we saw a Vicavolt make it into finals uh, on Colin's team, as well as Sam using it and Alberto, uh, but all using it to make it into cut. Uh, and Vicavolt's a really interesting Pokemon because uh, we lost all of our favorite electric flying type Pokemon, except for maybe Oricorio's uh, electric form. But I don't believe Oricorio learns any electric moves besides Revelation Dance. So you can't really use a old favorite strategy of Disquake uh, that we saw a lot of people use with either like Rotom Wash or Zapdos or Thunderous alongside any ground type that could use Earthquake because uh, it was just a very 
nice strategy, especially early in formats, but we didn't really have that option as easily because uh, the electric types in this format aren't in the air. However, Vicavolt is. Vicavolt has the levitate ability, learns discharge, it's just a lot, lot slower. Uh, we saw people using a move to help deal with uh, Vicavolt's slow speed, uh, and I know Sam for sure was using this. He had string shot on his Vicavolt, which I think is a really neat and interesting form of speed control. Yeah, string shot's definitely not a move we don't commonly see used in VGC. I think it got a change to its mechanic now, how it reduces speed by two stages. Is that right? I honestly don't remember if it uh, what the new mechanic would be for it because it's not something you saw very often in doubles. I don't remember exactly how string shot worked in doubles. I just remember how it worked on the first couple of routes when Weedle or Caterpie or whatever bug type was using it on me. <laughs> Okay, then. Well, I guess uh, we'll need to review our updated mechanics here. But either way, interesting form of speed control. I guess Vicavolt isn't doesn't have that many other things to do other than have an electric move and bug move and protect, maybe. Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of neat uh, that, you know, if you're running string shot, you do have to kind of sacrifice using... Thunderbolt and Discharge, which I think a lot of electric types do enjoy in this format, thanks to Marowak and, uh, you know, partner ground type Pokemon like Mudsdale or Garchomp, or Alolan Marowak as well. Um, but String Shot's nice on teams to help kind of get the speed control, and uh, while I don't know exactly what it did in previous years, I do know now that String Shot hits both opponents' Pokemon and lowers their speed by two stages, so... In a way, it's kind of like a mini Tailwind. It is, it is. And, you know, just pointing out some other things here is, I imagine under Trick Room, Vicavolt is a nice answer for a Rockwinded, which, you know, that's picking up popularity, so if you are using that electric move, you know, bam, that's going to hurt. I think Vicavolt has a 145 special attack stat, and, uh, yeah, it has that for its base stat, and well. that's going to hurt. <laughs> Well, Steven, while you were correct about Vicavolt's uh, special attack stat, uh, the speed stat is something that you were a little bit off on, because uh, Vicavolt does have a 43 base speed, and if you know what a Rockwinid's base speed, you would know it is one lower than that. Oh, well, see, I have no idea. It was close. <laughs> it's close, though. <laughs> you know what's funny is they actually uh, interviewed Drew about that uh, after he won, because it was something that was relevant in finals. And uh, yeah, Vicavolt is 43 base speed, so it just doesn't deal with Araquanid and Trick Room. It actually has to... It would prefer fighting outside of Trick Room against Araquanid. So, unfortunate that the speed tiers do line up that way uh, for Vicavolt, but uh, great for Araquanid because it can get in that one more hit um, to really annoy uh, Vicavolt. It's not going to be one-shotting it because Vicavolt's so slow, so it's typically going to be running bulk, and its bulk isn't awful on its own. But uh, any liquidation is a good one. Um, the, it just does so much damage, and uh, if you end up on the wrong side of a Z-move, you know, any Pokemon's really getting uh, deleted by that. It's nice we're having more Bug Wars, like in the past. We used to have Scizor versus... Volcarona, I'd say, back in 2012 and 2013. Those are the big two bug types used in those formats. So kind of nice to see that. You got Ferramosa uh, sprinkled in on a few teams here. 
You know what's neat? When I look at all of the, the top 16 here, a lot of these players have top cut regionals before. Uh, I think f actually five of them have won them and a bunch of, a bunch of others have had very good success as well. So we're seeing a lot of top, we had a lot of top players come out on, come out on top, funny enough, uh, into this cut. So not surprising to not, I'm honestly not surprised by a lot of these names up here. And uh, interesting to note that while we don't have Legend Pokemon, we do have Ultra Beasts and Tapu Pokemon. And there was a Tapu and Ultra Beast on every single team. Uh, well, there was a Tapu on every single team and an Ultra Beast on, I believe, all but two teams. So uh, just interesting to see that uh, the Tapus, again, were so popular here after uh, Gavin had won the last regional without any Tapus or Ultra Beasts. And so... Uh, the Tapus are definitely still on top despite his win, and uh, I expect them to stick around just because of their uh, abilities. Their abilities are so relevant, and uh, it's like weather. You know, if you want to deal with the opponent's weather, try to set up a weather that's beneficial for you and make sure that, you know, you get your setup second, use it kind of defensively. That's how we're going to see things moving forward. Uh, you know, switching in your Tapu Fini to make sure that Tapu Lele's Psychium. Uh, or Shattered Psyche doesn't one-shot your Pokemon uh, is very important. And so that might be why uh, Tapu Fini is starting to catch on, is because it can switch in and uh, survive attacks uh, a lot easier than the other ones, and uh, thus allowing you to reset terrains much more often. Right, and it just seems with the terrain interactions that people you know, tend to like relying on a different Tapu Pokemon in order to switch them out or gain some sort of, some sort of advantage for their team. But like you, like you mentioned about Gavin Seam, how he didn't have a Tapu or Ultra Beast. I'm not, I'm not sure he built that consciously, you know, saying, Oh, I don't want to use any of those two, any of those kind of Pokemon, but he just built his team that he felt were the strongest, were strong Pokemon to, um, answer the metagame at the time. And, you know, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's a terrible thing not to want to do that, but if your team works out without him, you know, go for it. Why not? This is a format where you can definitely find success doing that. Yeah, you know, when you're building your team, look at what you want to use and then fill in the gaps from there. Build the team, like, one piece at a time or, like, start with a good combination of Pokemon and from there just, you know, round it out. Make sure that you uh, help find those matchups that that combo or single Pokemon loses to and build Pokemon that help win those matchups so that you can really... Uh, have fun using the Pokemon that you want to. And if you start with, like, let's say you wanted to use the Tapu Pokemon, that's great. Use one and build around it and, you know, find what works for that Tapu Pokemon. Or if you want to use another Pokemon, uh, like if you wanted to build around, like, Politoed or something, don't feel obligated to use uh, a Tapu just because you have to have a Tapu or an Ultra Beast on your team. You know, find that Pokemon that you're using, the, like the, a Politoed in this situation, and then build what will round out your team for Politoed instead of just kind of forcing Pokemon in there, forcing yourself to use a Tapu or an Ultra Beast. Uh, use the Pokemon that are going to make the team the most well-rounded. If it's a Tapu or an Ultra Beast, put them on. If it's not, then just don't. You know, don't look at them as like uh, something that you need on every team. It's more as like they're just options. Everything is an option and, you know, just keep your options open. Yeah, and speaking of keeping options open... Really quickly here, I have a question for you about Kartana and perhaps some answers for it. Now, 
there's Trick Room, which obviously if you can get speed, the speed in your favor against Cartana, and you, you'll you'll have a happier time against it, you know, given how much damage it's dealing. But I know we've talked about, uh, we've we've also trashed this Pokemon a lot in the before, but Salazzle, it is faster than Cartana. <laughs> It'll get stab fire moves. Do you think that has any potential here, given the rise in Cartana usage? Uh, honestly, if we're talking about fast fire types, I think we want to look uh, at this top cut and, you know, maybe look at the very bottom of it. And I think there's a Pokemon that might uh, start to come back uh, just because of its valuable speed tier and typing. Uh, and the Pokemon I'm referring to is Talonflame. Uh, it is also a fire type that is faster than Kartana. And if you look at its, uh, if you look at its typing, it does resist every move that you really see on Kartana. It resists steel, grass, and uh, the common sacred sword fighting move up from it. So you could see uh, Talonflame maybe at, at used as a decent answer for Kartana because it's faster than it, because Tailwind is still really awesome to have. Um, and, you know, a lot of people thought Tapu Lele is going to annoy Talonflame so much uh, because it won't be able to use its Brave Bird uh, with the Gale Wings ability. But I don't believe Psychic Terrain stops Tailwind, and Speed Control is always something valuable to have on any team. So uh, that ends up being really cool. Um, and then, you know, something that I've seen uh, actually a couple of times in practice, uh, and I'm not sure if this is what Eugene was planning on doing with his team here, uh, but he has a Zerkatree with his Talonflame. And I've also seen people do this with Aerodactyl, where they'll have the Talonflame or Aerodactyl set up Tailwind, and then Zerkatree just goes for Discharge, hitting everything on the field and one-shotting the Aerodactyl or the Talonflame, and picking up a quick Beast Boost right there. And so then you've got a plus one Zerkatree, maybe even plus two or plus three if you manage to knock out the opponent's Pokemon, and Tailwind up. And so then Zerkatree just starts rolling through the opponent's team. So... Uh, I'm getting really carried away uh, with Eugene's team because we're supposed to be talking about Kartana's answers, but I think Talonflame is definitely one thing to consider, and then the ever-so-common Celesteela uh, is also a good one, though you have to run Flamethrower to beat it, but uh, I think Flamethrower Celesteela is starting to catch on. We saw Enosh getting 17th also running uh, Flamethrower Celesteela, I believe, so uh, there are definitely ways to beat Kartana. Uh, it does have a nice speed tier for itself, making it pretty fast, but being 109 means that all those 110, or 110 special attackers are going to outspeed it and going to give it a lot of trouble. So uh, just look for those. Look for Pokemon that can either wall it or be faster than it, I'd say. Yeah, when you were mentioning walling Kartana's moves, you know, Talonflame does that well. And you mentioned uh, Gale Wings, and I was thinking about, you know, Gale Wings got a little nerf. You know, once you're not at 100% health, you don't get priority to your flying moves. So given that all of Kartana's moves are contact moves and... Talonflame doesn't necessarily need that uh, priority anymore. or It doesn't really need that priority just because it's so fast already. You know, Flame Body's not the worst option in the world either. I mean, it's really the only other one anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, and yeah, Flame Body would really annoy Kartana, especially if they did decide to attack you. Like, maybe if you switch in. Talonflame, and then you get a Flame Body Burn on the switch in. Not only have you halved Kartana's uh, attack stat, but you've also potentially broken his Focus Sash as long as, like, Grassy Terrain isn't on the field uh, to help bring it back. But even then, I believe uh, all damage goes before healing. So um, if you manage to just get off Flare Blitz off onto it, uh, that Kartana's going to go down. And so 
uh, yeah, you know, Flame Body Talent Flame would actually not be too bad right now. Um, you would lose out on the priority Tailwind, but um, being able to Brave Bird at full health in Psychic Terrain to deal with like something like that uh, can actually be really helpful. Uh, and then uh, another, you know, answer for Kartana uh, would actually be something that I see uh, Nick Nevere using at this event and uh, catching a lot of wind in uh, Japan, no pun intended, because it does use Tailwind, and that's Mandibuzz. Um, using its foul play uh, move, uh, I believe it can two-hit KO most Kartana, just because it's got such a high attack stat, and while its defense stat is alright, um, its attack stat really is just so high that foul play ends up taking it out in two hits, while Kartana is really not doing that much to Mandibuzz. Mandibuzz is a very, very bulky Pokemon, and having a very bulky Pokemon with foul play it's kind of re uh, reminiscent of Eveltal from last format, uh, and it just kind of sticks around, uses your own offenses against you, and uh, sets up Tailwind for its team. So uh, Mandibuzz can actually be a really cool Pokemon uh, right now, and uh, I'm seeing it catch on a lot, uh, and I imagine going forward we're going to see it at more events. Um, and it's really cool. Just This format just keeps developing. There's uh, so many new things catching on and then just sticking around, and so... Uh, I'm really excited to see how things go forward at the next big event. As am I, and a lot of these, a lot of these players are very good. Uh, a lot of big names here. Expect to see them in future regionals cuts in the future. Expect to see many of them su have success at nationals and likely worlds down the road. And I think that will do it for this time. Yeah, I think we've said uh, basically everything we wanted to say about Dallas regionals. Um, can't wait to talk about the next major event. Yeah, we got lots of Pokemon stuff coming up, and that will do it for us here. You guys can find our show, The Hyper Voice, on iTunes. You can leave us a review there. We have an email address where you can send us questions, feedback. Please send us some feedback. We'd like to know if you like what we're doing here. Um, otherwise, the email is vgchypervoice at gmail.com. We'd like to know your thoughts. So, send us an email. That'd be cool. If not, you know, that's great too. Uh, lastly, we're all, we're both on Twitter. Alex, people can follow you. At LexiconVGC. And I'm at, at SuperMorioka. Hope you guys are, are enjoying the new year. Hope you're having a great new year. Happy new year to you. And good luck in your, uh, good luck in your competitive Pokemon this season. Uh, the rest of this year. This looks like a great year for Pokemon. 2017 looks very promising. All right. Well, yeah, that'll do it for us. See you later. See you next time, guys. Alola. Alola.
Oh yeah. <laughs> one of, that was a really funny one. Uh, just I'm not seeing the Mandibuzz on any teams. And then they just like it's on Nick's play, Nick's 14th place team. And then all the cool kids love Tapu Fini. Uh, all right. Uh... Hey, if you look at one of the questions from the comments, it's like we answered it in this show. Yeah. Uh, what is the? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even that's... see that. Yeah, you could have found your answer if you just scrolled down, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, wait a minute. Did that guy comment in the future? What time oh. is like? What time is uh, like the what? What is this called? This um, is this website like post your native time or is it like run in some like GMT time or what? Because it's not January fifth yet. Interesting. Oh. Notice that? That's that's got to be like uh, GMT stuff. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's like it posts his time that he posted to that, or if Trainer Tower is run at some like, you know, time like it's like it's got its own time zone, you know, and they display everything based on that time zone. 